0: Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
2: This is Jones returning. It is and the ball's
3: on the ground. Beating it. The set. Takes it home for the touchdown. It's intercepted as Collins has the football for New England. What breaking it inside the 20 and all the way home for the touchdown.
4: Jacoby Brissett, not Jake Brisket, getting it done for Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots and the Throne of Ease in a 27 to nothing Patriots victory over the Texans. I'm Greg Rosenthal. I'm here with Chris Wesseling. We're going to talk about the Thursday night game before previewing all the week three games with Dan Hansis and Mark Sessler in a bit. Wes, watching this, I felt like this is one of those games I will remember as a Bill belichick as one of his signature games as a coach.
2: Absolutely. And I think for all of the back padding for Bill Belichick over the past three weeks, Josh McDaniels deserves as much love, taking two disparate skill sets like Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett and concocting game plans, this time on three days, to to highlight Brissett's strengths, hide his weaknesses, against a defense that was in the running for best other than the Broncos.
4: Right. I think the complexity that they came to this game with in terms of the running game was was special. I mean, there's an end around with – with Martellus Bennett, there's all sorts of different variations of fly sweeps. There's some counter option stuff straight out of a Navy playbook. Uh, someone on Twitter pointed out they, they lined up in a in a single T formation for a couple steps. And they're putting all this into the game plan in on just a couple of days. And while some coaches, they kind of have their system and they're going to do their system, it's like the Patriots look at what they have and they figure out the best way to use their players.
2: I know it's one of your favorite canards that there are only five or six coaches in the NFL that really matter to the good and the bad, and the rest of the league is in the middle. It's fun to see coaching with a vision, mm. a plan, and a, a mode of attack versus a lot
4: of coaches that are vanilla from game to game and you know what you're going to get. Right, and when I when I think of the Patriots, I think how complementary they are in terms of the football they play. It's like you watch the Saints or the Dolphins. It's like their defense will have a great game when their offense isn't very good or vice versa. And part of the reason Belichick deserves credit here is, you know, their defense comes out today and they pitch a shutout. And Jacoby Brissett did great. Ultimately, he only had to throw for 100-and-something yards, and they got to sit on the ball a little bit in the second half because the defense didn't give up a point. Well, the Texans
2: fell right into the Patriots' trap. They came out in a cover, two, daring Osweiler to throw deep. Or basically, daring them to run because they're taking the deep ball away. Right. And then the Texans responded with a hyper conservative game plan. That included several runs on third and long where they just didn't seem to trust Osweiler not to throw the ball up for grabs.
4: They gave they had to give up third and 20. And it was the game was over at that point. But to watch them give up and run they had the ball a third third. and eight
2: in the first quarter, they had a third and five along the way.
4: Well, I think Osweiler was a little scrambled by what he was seeing. They're a team that usually gets crazy. And I don't think they really got crazy on defense in this game. Uh, But he wasn't willing to go down the field. Then he did try to jam one in. And my boy, Jamie Collins, makes a big interception. Collins, Collins has been incredible the last couple games.
2: Well, we both mentioned that when he came in, he was as athletic and dynamic as any linebacker you'll see. He, he's doing backward handsprings. Now he, he's, he's jacked. He's much bigger physically and tougher and cleans up the run game better.
4: And, they, and they're fast. And I don't think this means that Osweiler's a bad quarterback. You know, he does have more interceptions. He's got six year.
2: interceptions in his last four games going back to last year. He's got clearly got a long delivery, and he's slow to process in the pocket. I think those are things that are going to stay mm-hmm. with him.
4: He has more interceptions this year than touchdown drives. You know, they only have three touchdowns uh, and they have, on offense right now. And they now. have
2: too much talent. The offensive line has been a problem. They don't open holes for Lamar Miller. And Will Fuller, for as, as much of
4: a playmaker as he is,
2: every week he drops a, a pass. He does. Situation.
4: Logan Ryan and Malcolm Butler both had great games. The Patriots are faster on defense. Chris Long's been a good pickup. That, that's all great. But – I still take a step back, and I know, you know, look, Mark and Dan, they're sending tweets out. They're sending texts. They're sending messages on our instant messenger client, which will not be named, and they're trying to make me, I don't know. It's almost like they want me to feel guilty or bad about enjoying this Patriots team. It's been a three-pronged attack from Mark (laughs) Sessler in the last half an hour. Twitter, text,
2: and our inter-office messaging client, which has these three lines. Write your pretty articles about the Patriots. What a joke! Gonna fly on white wine. Nothing left for clowns who follow uh, lesser teams. <laughs>
4: love Mark, but you know what? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna not enjoy this. Um, and that might sound like a throne of ease type statement, but you know it would be even more insulting on the throne of ease to not appreciate what's going on here with Bill Belichick and this team, not just early this, early this season, this has been one of the more fun things to watch, but just in general that you're watching, you know, they were joking on NFL network. They should rename, you know, the Lombardi trophy, the Belichick trophy. That's a joke. But as someone that loves football, and of course, I'm wildly lucky. It's my team. This is one of the greatest, if not the greatest coaches of all time. And he's in the middle of this run, and he just keeps topping himself. And every time you think they've got a little too much against him, they do something like drop 27 to nothing on a 2-0 team. And if you can't enjoy that, then you can't enjoy football.
2: Well, he was already regarded as the greatest coach in the 21st century. But you have to – i it occurred to me that Tom Brady's suspension is the best thing to happen to Bill Belichick's legacy. Mm. There is a new round of like recognition of how great he is
4: over the past three weeks. It also got me thinking about, you know, someday Tom Brady will retire. And I don't, I don't know if Bill Belichick will retire then, but you know, it makes you think obviously Tom Brady is maybe the greatest quarterback of all time, but you know, you're not going to count out Bill Belichick from doing some special things after Tom Brady's gone. Why would you?
2: No. And, and, I really believe you have to emphasize Josh McDaniels and yeah. Matt Patricia. This is an entire coaching
4: staff really putting it together, and McDaniels has been brilliant. He's gone. He's the, he's going to be coaching another team next year. We're gone too because we got to talk about some Week Three games other than this twenty-seven to nothing shellacking. So uh, let's send it over to Dan Hans to the tune of my favorite song. <laughs>
0: The Around the NFL Podcast. Own zero square feet of real estate.
3: (laughs) Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan.
4: By
1: the way, it's true. We're all renters. Yeah. Well, we live in L.A. We'll never own anything. That's something to be proud of. Look at this by Wes. We talked about his shirt on the last show. Another autumnal, very uh, season-like uh, production by you. I dresses, shirt. Angle. He dresses to
3: the seasons. That's it. Bottom line, it's been decided.
1: Doesn't everyone?
4: There are no seasons here. No, I don't. We I wear the Greg same the, things uh, all year contrarian. round. No, I'm just saying, <laughs> saying. we wear the same stuff all year round. Huh. What you
3: just What you just heard at the top <laughs> of the show was uh, the recap by Wes. And uh, Greg Rosenthal, the scientists of the Houston-New England game, where they got an up-close look at at Mister Jake Brisket.
1: Ooh, slice me off a piece of that Jake Brisket! (laughs) Oh my! Uh,
3: Can we go now? Is that it? Can we? Yeah, yeah, just
1: that's enough. For John,
3: please. So, there's that game. But there are a lot to talk about. We've already reached now week three. Isn't it funny how things just start flying uh, once the season gets going? Uh, we have again thirty-two teams, sixteen games. One already played. That means fifteen games. That means thirty teams to talk about.
4: Wow! Yes, yes, yes. Uh,
3: so we'll go through all the Sunday games, and of course the Monday night game. Uh, oh my God!
4: There's another primetime game with the Bears involved. It was a disastrous. Give the people what they want. It was a disastrous thought by the NFL is schedule it, makers. Is it too late to
1: flex out of that? Can we do something as a society to stop the Bears from playing in front of Al Chris, and the world? Well, from a personal angle, you could just skip it entirely. What What's forcing you to watch it? I'm uh, thinking about quitting my job. Well, we're here. We have to tape a <laughs> podcast that right
4: afterwards talking about that game. So uh, Not all of us.
3: Uh, So, yes, a lot to get to. We're going to go through all the games. We're going to touch in on the team of ATL. We're going to talk about our locks of the week. So much stuff to get to. Uh, So why don't we dig right in, gentlemen, and start with the games at 1 o'clock Eastern time. And the first one up, speaking of the team of ATL. Team of ATL. A lot of people threw this out there as a possibility um to be kind of like a loser goes home type match in the Ooh, team of ATL, like the Oakland Raiders uh heading to Nashville to face the Tennessee Titans, the Raiders who of course the old Zeuser had nominated uh the Titans who Wes nominated, and as we said um and wait, let me take just take a second here. I want to apologize to both everyone in this room and the listeners. I don't want to be the reason why the team of ATL goes away. I want to keep this together. And Mark, what I want to ask of you, now okay. I know you're going to support the Vikings no matter what this season. Correct. But can we at least for the for the for the sake of unity here, can you use the Vikings as your official entrance entrant for the team of ATL nominations? So that it's just rejected by the three of you? Uh, no, I didn't. There's no. There's no. No, we're not going to vote until after the third week of games.
4: You don't know. And even if I mean, it's received more support publicly than the Buccaneers, and I'm
1: sticking with them. Uh, uh, listen, in the sake of being cooperative, I will consider it.
3: Okay. <laughs> I mean, okay. Because I just I don't want there are a lot of people that that like the team of ATL, and what what can happen even if the Vikings don't get it, Mark? Yeah. They could be your team because all this, and we'll get to it. All the stuff going on with the Browns, you deserve to have a secondary team this year more than anybody. Uh, but just to have some structure involved, would you mind just subbing in for the Bengals, the Vikings?
1: Uh, yes, I'll, again, I'll consider it. I think one thing that's <laughs> happening is that Greg has removed so many segments from the show that I don't want another one to float away. So there is some pull there. I do care about the listeners.
3: Huh, that's fair, Greg. Can you stop removing? You this you were no? the two
1: trying to kill the segment last time. No. no,
3: you pointing fingers. I just said I I came to the group just now and I said I'm sorry. I want to make sure I want to make this. I'm work. all
4: for continuing the process.
2: Don't worry, we've got lock of the week. All other segments can
4: fade away. <laughs> oh, <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> that's
3: another thing. We'll get to that. We're gonna too. have to get into that. Um. It's getting more and more difficult to, to deal with the personalities of the podcast. I think we might, this could be the beginning of the end. But we're going to soldier on at least to the 2016 season. And let's get back now to Oakland at Tennessee. And uh, two one-and-one teams, two teams with problems. The Oakland uh, Raiders, Mark, can't stop anybody on defense. And the Tennessee Titans, well, they're lucky to have a win because they haven't looked very good at all.
1: Well, maybe this is a get-well game for Tennessee. You're at home, and I know, Chris, that for you the Titans – you weren't too excited about him last week, but we, you know this is a the young bloom is off the th- road. Young group, though teams do not get formed in one or two weeks in the NFL, and I am urging you to not give up on them as your right. candidate for team of ATL because this coming out of Sunday, if they have a win and they're two and one, look, the Titans still have work to do, but I think this can still be a fun offense. My biggest issue with the Tennessee Titans through two
4: games is that Mike Malarkey took all the fun out of Marcus Mariota's game. Mm. Do they miss Ken Wisenhunt? I know that seems weird to think, but Ken Wisenhunt's out doing a nice job with San Diego right now. Marcus Mariota looks looks slow to me in terms of his decision-making. Now, maybe that's because he has all these new wide receivers, but he's taken a long time to to decide who he's going to throw to, and when you are taking that long and you don't go deep down the field, that's tough to overcome. Well, he went deep down the field
2: one time to Delaney Walker for a 30-yard touchdown, but that's not nearly enough. You're right. Also I, was
4: intercepted on a deep throw. Yes. He tr- he's tried. He did finish last game out well, nine for nine and two clutch drives to win a game. Can't they look at, all right, how did we run our offense when we finally got going? I know
3: Malarkey's not, uh, you know, Bill Belichick back there, but it can't be that complicated. What's been working? What's not wor- working? Then let's move on to week three and get things going here. There's enough talent and a, a potentially
2: dynamic game-changing quarterback. Let's figure this out, guys. Here's what worked. Injure all of the Lions' defensive players, then go nine for nine. <laughs>
3: <laughs> wow, you're down on the Titans, huh?
2: Could uh, they don't deserve much love for that for that game? What? Great, they had a good game-winning drive. Could right. us should allow it to have a different team of eight? Do you win? want to pull the Titans out That's of consideration? But I was going to ask. I kind of like the loser
3: goes home match, but I, I like
2: the loser goes home match, and I I feel like this room is not taking the Texans seriously as team of eight. Mm. All
3: right, we will get to the Texans. So there's Oakland at Tennessee, uh, a, a game to watch between two teams who. A lot of hype going into the season. Let's see. Someone's going to be 1-2 and in a bad spot heading into week four. Moving on, gentlemen, the Minnesota Vikings. Well, their teams in bad spots, and their teams in good spots. The Vikings in a very good spot, at least record-wise. Now 2-0 and after a very impressive win over the Packers on Sunday night football. But, of course, got terrible news. Um, on Wednesday when it became official that Adrian Peterson's knee injury, which at first there was some reports and it's always annoying when injuries are reported this way. It's like, oh, it's a torn meniscus. Actually, good news. It's like nobody knows what they're talking about because (laughs) what actually happened was they weren't shaving the meniscus. They have to repair the thing. There's a bucket tear involved. There's an LCL involved. He jacked up his knee bad, so he is out what they say is four to six months and we know his ability to heal, but at the same time, you have to think uh, there's a chance we've seen the last of Adrian Peterson Peterson in 2016 and maybe with the Vikings in general. So now without Teddy Bridgewater, without Adrian Peterson, they head to Charlotte to face the Panthers one in one. They put their week one loss behind them, got healthy and uh, a blowout win in week two. And now here we are, Greg Rosenthal, the, the Panthers to me, uh, again, are in a very good spot here at home. I, I don't know if I'll, I, I'll pick against them once at home this season. Mm. Uh, I haven't looked at their schedule, but I just think that they're very
4: tough to beat, and that offense looks close to unstoppable. They they do, but they started the game slow against San Francisco, and this is easily their toughest matchup. Well, that's not true. They played Denver in week one, but this is a very tough matchup in the NFC by a defense that we think is good enough to, to win these types of games. So I'm not
1: counting out the Vikings in any game this well, year. But if you're the Vikings, this lines up as a pure acid test because you're on the road against one of the best home teams around, and you want to talk about – it's what we talked about on Tuesday with the Panthers. The matchup issue when you've got Kelvin Benjamin, Devin Funches, Greg Olson, and a decent running game, no matter who's in there it seems, this is going to test Minnesota's Mike Zimmer-led defense from start to finish.
2: Well, I think it's an acid test to see if they are emerging as an NFC superpower or if they're still in that might-be-a-wild-card, might, be a wild card, might sure. finish a close race in, in their division, but maybe not can't hang with the best teams in the, in that conference.
4: Well, it's early for them, and they have some big problems. I mean, they just lost not only Adrian Peterson, they lost Matt Khalil, who was not playing well, but he was still your starting left tackle. Their offensive line was terrible against Green Bay. They They won a game— where Sam Bradford got knocked around, where Adrian Peterson left the game and it wasn't running well anyway. So this is a team that they they can't survive. They can't expect Sam Bradford to be that good. Anticipate throws and survive a bad offensive. And lineup. that's what happened to
1: him last year. They lost one lineman after the next.
4: Well, we heard that they're. This is a mauling group. Well, you know they're kind of built to maul people. It, well, where's the running game right now? It hasn't been there for Peterson. Jarek McKinnon's gonna start. He's maybe a, he's a better player on third down than Peterson at this point.
1: Asiata's in there.
4: The son Ronnie Hillman.
1: I'm not really that worried about the backfield. I'm more worried about Greg the backfield. Rosenthal. Colon, where's the mauling? <laughs> Greg Rosenthal. Bar mauling, please. Adrian Peterson. No. not the best running back.
4: No, I'm not saying that. On third downs, they they've said it with their play calls in general, they believe McKinnon's a better player on third Adrian downs. Adrian Peterson called McKinnon a physical freak. I mean, we have to see that happen. Xavier Rhodes might return for this game, so you mentioned matching up. There's a physical cornerback that could could maybe match up with those Panthers receivers.
3: Mark the Vikings are maybe potentially your team of ATL entry. Uh, do you see them coming out of this game 3 and 0?
1: Well, I'm going to say yes because I fully Look believe at you. in this team. It's time for... The Hang those onions, Cecil. Listen, I, why not? I mean, I'm yeah. typically wrong on every pick that I make, so it doesn't mean anything to the team, but I'll say yes. Go win it. Everson Griffin getting after it. They're all getting after it. Why not?
3: Um... All right, guys. Let's move on now. And uh, we were just talking about the Denver Broncos earlier. We mentioned them, and now they are two and zero as well. They had head to Cincinnati. This is uh, to me one of the games I, I like most about this week: uh, the Broncos at the Bengals, who uh, are one and one. A tough loss against the Steelers in a you know a game that's always a battle. And now they got Denver, so that's quite a one-two punch. Chris Wessling, uh, what were your thoughts and your takeaways uh, out of Cincinnati's performance against Pittsburgh?
2: Two takeaways: They are five and six, and their last eleven games since starting eight 0 last year. Are we sure they're still one of the AFC's best teams? That's takeaway number one. Number two, their offensive line didn't get as much attention as Dallas's last season, but they were as rock solid as any offensive line in the NFL. They are—they have allowed the most sacks in the league this year through two games, and. They have not rushed for more than 60 yards in a game in either games, which that's only happened once in the last two years before this season. Wow. So is the offensive line an issue? And if it is, this is the defensive line to take advantage of.
4: Right. Derek Wolf having a big game. Uh, Shane Ray had a big game last week. This, they, You're right. They did not look the same. If you think about that Jets game, for a Bengals offensive
1: line to get dominated that much – is not something we saw all of last. This is a team that spent high draft picks on multiple linemen last year, and I, part of that five and six record is attached to AJ McCarron in the lineup. But it's fair to ask because. Every season it seems like coaches and players are pulled from the Bengals and they keep it going. At some point that's going to start to cost you and maybe we're starting to see it now. I, I, I
3: think you're making all good points about Cincinnati. I still think they're a really good team and I, I think they're going uh, to hold court against the Broncos. I think Denver's uh, due for a loss. I think Trevor Simeon's going to struggle. Big time on the road in Cincinnati, and I think that's going to be the key to the game. I'm so confident, in fact. Oh, Wes, wow! listen up. I will make the Bengals my week two lock of the week. <laughs> Bengals winning some football games on Sunday.
1: <laughs> Multiple games. Well, okay. one.
2: one. What led you to this conclusion? <laughs> I just said. I just explained it to you. I like the. I
3: think they're better uh, than maybe the rest of the room right now, even though they have not played too well to start
4: the season. And I don't think Trevor Simeon going to play well in this spot, and that's going to be the difference. Well, it's it's Denver's first road game, and I think that's something that's notable. It's Beng, It's the Bengals' first home game, so the, you know they went one and one and one ultimately with a tough two-game road trip or whatever you want to call it to start the season. Teams do play. I want to see Trevor Simeon in a game where he faces. A little more pressure. That last game against Indianapolis, as Wes said on Sunday night, you can sort of throw it out for him. He didn't do poorly, but he barely had to do anything. He didn't face any pass rush whatsoever against Indianapolis. So this is a bigger test for the Denver offense going on the road against what should be a pretty good Bengals defense.
3: That's my prediction. This is the Trevor Simeon comes down to earth game. Doesn't mean they're in trouble. But, you know, two and one after three weeks, they're okay.
1: Where was he before? Up in the skies in your mind?
3: I think in the public opinion, they they have solved their issue. They have this workman like QB. And he still might be shown a lot of good things in two weeks, but I think it's going to be a tough week for him.
4: And they're going to be missing some key players. Donald Stevenson, the right tackle, when he went out of that game last week, it hurt him. He's not expected to play. Virgil Green, who's kind of been a find at tight end, he's not expected to play. They're going to have to roll out Jeff Herman. Uh, I I don't think he's played a for then uh, since he was drafted in the third round last year. So they don't really really have a tight end.
3: Paging Mr. Herman, you have a phone call at the front desk.
2: I believe it's Jeff Hireman. Hireman?
3: Oof. Paging
2: Oof. Mr. Hireman, you have a phone call at the front desk. Moving. Can't be blamed for not knowing his name because he's injured 100%. He of has none.
4: literally never played uh, a single snap. And the
2: and
1: the.
4: And the Broncos' defense—they're
1: crazy. How many defensive backs they played? Six of them played 40 snaps last week. Yeah, but they if you're a PA announcer and you say that you did—it's not your fault. But yeah. if in that in that actual building, that <laughs> PA announcer—that's that yeah. that's a public gaffe. You'd, you'd be—you know—points taken away on you.
3: Am I
4: alone on an island here with the Cincinnati pick? I'm just curious.
1: This was my team of ATL a no. couple you know weeks ago before I found a real. I team. I would not and make and them my lock of the week. A
4: but I'm gonna—I would take the Bengals in a, in a tight one.
1: I'm okay. going Denver. I'll take
4: the Bengals at home. Okay, moving
3: on the Detroit Lions with Jim Bob Cooter at offensive coordinator. By the way, you know, yeah, boy, we've hey. talked about it. We've talked about it, and I've shared, I've shared this guy with you guys privately, but also I've said it into a mic, so it's pretty public. I like this Cooter, and I'm not alone for president because there is a meme growing out of the uh, Detroit. Uh, area and the surrounding communities. Jim Bob Cooter for president. You're seeing it on the back of vans. You're seeing it on T-shirts. Terrell Austin, their defensive coordinator, uh, ended a press conference on Thursday by saying Jim Bob for president. Uh, Cooter was asked about it during his press conference. Um, Jim Caldwell said today when asked about it, well, he definitely win the Southern States, which actually checks out.
4: Jim <laughs> um, Caldwell made a funny. You did. know Cooter's doing something right when he makes Caldwell funny. He would
2: immediately become the best presidential candidate. <laughs> <laughs> Wesco's political.
3: Uh, but actually, you want to hear, you know, if you want to be serious about it, the Cooter, he's only 32 years old, not even oh, eligible to be a president until the 2020 election.
1: Well, he needs to accrue more knowledge about our nation.
3: Got to be at least 35-year-old overseas listeners. To be the president, anyway. So the Lions are one and one. They're a fun one and one. Everybody's excited. Amir Abdullah out for the year with a or two IR with a foot injury, which sucks. Uh, We don't know if we're going to see him again. Uh, But so they're missing that running back and was a playmaker. Uh, but they still have Matthew Stafford and a a, a high-octane passing game. They head to Green Bay, Greg Rosenthal, to face the Packers, who have not been themselves And the number. This is the the stat of the week that everyone is saying over and over again. Aaron Rodgers, the best quarterback on the planet, or so we think,
4: has not had a 100 passing uh, rating game uh, in 14
2: games.
4: I I thought you were going to try it out the – I've seen as a meme a lot of Aaron Rodgers versus Blaine Gabbert over the last 16 games or 10 games, and they're
1: you guys are like you know official meme on Bud'sman bet... this week. That's <laughs> oh, phenomenal. you know what? That's all gonna come crashing
4: down this week because if the Packers can't get healthy at home against this lousy Lions defense, who's missing a ton of players, it's never gonna happen. But the Packers players are... lock it up, Greg. Uh, I could, but it's not an option. They're too they're too easy of a of a pick this week. The Lions uh, haven't had Ziggy Ansah at practice. They missed him all of last week. DeAndre Levy, who knows if he's going to play again. They've got some depth issues at linebacker. They're trotting out guys. Like Kyle Van Noy, who hasn't really played for them. Wallace Gilberry playing starter snaps. Copeland. He's Carey Hyder right. T- Tavon Wilson, who was like the eighth safety for the the Patriots, is now playing starter snaps. This is a talent-poor defense that I think they coach up pretty well with Terrell Austin. But the Packers players are just so much better. They should get healthy.
2: It's a shame for the Lions because after the first week, they look like a team that could be kind of frisky this year.
4: And then, like you say, you lose Ansa and Levy. They're two best players, and and they don't have a lot of guys. You mentioned Kerry Hyder, who we've we've kind of enjoyed watching an undrafted rookie who's played about as well as any defensive player in the snaps that that he's played. I think they still could be fun to watch though, because Marvin Jones and Matt, I think Matthew Stafford's played two really good games. I know it didn't quite show
1: up in the in the stats last week, but I think he's looking good this well, week. Well, you mentioned Rodgers and his numbers, and everyone's talking about this all week long, but it has a lot to do, as we've talked about for over a season, with what's. Been around him on offense. I'm not ready with this. Aaron Rodgers is no long. He's he's overrated at this point. Give me a break. Wait, I mean, can, Aaron- I,
3: can I just say something? Because that I read a piece in uh, on the Ringer, uh, Danny Kelly, I believe it was, mm-hmm. where he made that same point. This idea that. Rodgers has had his weapons stripped away and I get it. Maybe it's not as good an offense as it was in 2011, when of the MVP or a couple of years ago when he won it again, but there's still weapons on this team. I mean, Jordy Nelson, even if not a hundred percent is a guy that a lot of teams would love to have. Or Randall Cobb is a guy. A lot of teams would love to have uh, the Eddie Lacey, even if we don't think he's fully Eddie Lacey, there are weapons here and an offensive line that can block. I mean, We're almost letting him off the
4: hook a little bit. I think we are. The offensive line has played great this year. I think we're letting Mike McCarthy off the hook, and that that has been a popular topic in Green Bay this week. They had four straight drives last week where they didn't change the personnel once. Not the formations, the personnel. Everything is lining up the same. They basically run out the same exact guys for 70-plus percent of their snaps, the same exact formation, the same exact – Lineup, And it's like they've been running that offense for too long, and you always got to evolve. And I think there's a question of whether that Mike McCarthy
1: offense So you think teams evolved. are legitimately, from a strategy angle, catching up or have caught up to the Packers?
4: Well, he's averaged 6.5 yards per attempt for the last year, so yes. Everyone's looking they, for an explanation. They run an is- isolation route
2: offense, which means the receivers are isolated against defensive backs, and the receivers can't win those battles because they don't separate.
3: Uh, let's move on, gentlemen. The Baltimore Ravens are 2-0. and you can argue they're the worst 2-0 team right now. Uh, they got by the Bills at home in week one and then basically stole one from the the Browns. Uh, well, yeah, you give them credit for coming back from 20 nothing, But still, uh, they're very lucky lucky to be undefeated at this point. And they head to Jacksonville, Mark. And I'll tell you what. The Jaguars, their season's on the line here. They're in their building against a 2-0 team that's really – Two and zero, but not uh, a powerhouse in this league. You better win this game, Mark. The Jags cannot fall flat for a third straight week.
1: Well, you know, I think what we've talked about with the Jaguars all along is that this extra season that this regime got was based on the idea of it is time to you know turn on the engine and show. I, Caldwell has drafted very good players, players with a lot of potential. It falls so, on that's Gus, what we hear. That's we're hearing. I'm just saying it falls on Gus Bradley. To, to go out and produce a game where the coach obviously had a massively positive impact. And I don't have a problem with Baltimore winning some ugly games early in the year, but Jacksonville absolutely needs to take this thing. And it's like even be show some of the elements that you were last season. The offense last week, totally Allen Robinson taken out of that game. What happened to the Allen Robinson that we saw even during the preseason? He's got to show up against Baltimore's defense. And if you look at what Cleveland did, and I realized that was a Class A uh, ridiculous loss for the Browns but for a period of time and even late in the game when Josh McCown was hurt he was still picking up big chunks of e- real estate throwing the ball downfield that's what the Jaguars like to do so I think this is maybe a good matchup for the Jaguars to get back on track oh Eric- we've been strong we're just playing by the rules whatever lady
2: <laughs> <laughs> Eric Weddle yeah. has played well Sharice Wright has played really well in run support but you're right. The Browns Corey Coleman got healthy against against the Ravens yes. defensive backs, and Allen Robinson, who has not played well this year, he's also played a couple of good cornerbacks. But he's got to
4: get healthy against Jimmy Smith. Yeah, he didn't seem like in week one. I thought he was particularly different than normal. But talking about the importance of this game, Dan, you know, one of their beat writers thought it, this is the biggest game of this regime's tenure, which I I totally thought was get it. That it makes, makes sense. sense. But you think about it, not only. Not only do they need to avoid 0-3, they're going to London next week, which is supposed to be one of their home games. They do it every year. Sure it is. do. you want to be going there again? Now it's for the fourth or fifth straight year. You're going there and 3 uh, You failed to build up any excitement. And when you talked about Gus Bradley needs to make a statement, that really resonated because this is a guy last week, they were pushed around. I mean, they were dominated physically on both sides of the ball, especially on their defensive side. I mean, San Diego just mauled them. The The lanes mauled that, again, huh? that Danny Woodhead, it's a maul type of show. The lanes that Danny Woodhead and Melvin Gordon had to run through were unbelievable. And, this, and they're missing players this week. I think they're missing two of their three top cornerbacks. They're missing Kelvin Beachum. They're missing J- Jared Odrick. This is a banged-up Jaguars team right now.
2: Well, you mentioned that the general manager's done a good job of acquiring talent, and Jalen Ramsey looks like the real deal. Oh, yes. But the other guy they drafted who was billed as a top-five talent, Miles Jack, has played 16 snaps this year Hmm. over two games, so he's not even really playing.
1: And the one thing, and I I understand the concept of more patience with the Jaguars infuriates people at this point, but you are talking about a very young defense with a lot of first- and second-year players who have played together for 120 minutes and then there's players like Jack that have even less snaps. So it is a little bit ridiculous to ask that defense to completely mesh. No, but you don't want to give up 31 points in no, quarters I, I, to the Chargers. I think what happened last week is the reverse of Week 1 where we came out saying, listen, you, you showed up against the Packers and that was progress in its own right. Everything that happened in Week 1 got dashed last Sunday. Here's the thing.
4: Their offense has had two pretty lackluster games. Blake Bortles missed receivers last week. His his clock management and like all the intangible types of things that we – talk about Carson Wentz. Like, you don't see that with Blake Bortles. He makes it, some mental errors.
3: Can I say the streets are talking? The streets talking about Blake Bortles now. That's another thing. What are the streets saying? The streets are saying, what's going on with this guy? Is this guy, you know, what the Jaguars think he is? Because he's been, again, they're getting blown
2: out early in these games. The he's, streets say he can only move the offense when it's garbage time. Like – that's what the streets. The end of the why, why, I why remember are the, the end streets end of the fir-
1: doing the podcast. It sounds like the streets know what they're streets. You know.
4: Streets means that's what, that's the buzz out the there. People are at their talking. Also, an underrated. Got gotcha, you, er- Mark. Don't worry about it. Is under- is also a British rapper. Right, underrated yes. early two thousands British rapper. Uh, properly written. remember you. Remember <laughs> you. Uh, <laughs> You were getting crazy at the end of the first half of that Jaguars game. What the heck happened to them last week? Yeah. If they didn't know what to do. That to me was Bortles in a nutshell right now. Taking a sack when they absolutely couldn't take one, not being kind of aware, and then the coaching staff sort of just giving up on the half right. after that point. Well, okay. and
1: then the pa- with time running out, you throw a pass you know, backwards basically instead of Grim. ripping it downfield. I think Grim. the Jaguars bounce back though.
4: They get a win.
3: They better. Jeez. Moving on. Speaking of G's. All right, so the Cleveland Browns are on two. And a quick rundown here of what's happened to the Browns in the past 15 days. Uh, Carson Wentz beat the Browns. RG3 hurt his shoulder, went to IR. Josh McCown hurt his shoulder. Uh, He's out for weeks. Carson Wentz beat the Bears. People saying he's an offensive rookie of the year favorite. Big Ben says he's surprised the Browns passed on Carson Wentz. Josh Gordon got an arrest warrant issued, Mm -hmm. although that was cleared. Corey Coleman broke his hand in practice. Carl Nassib broke his hand. Cameron Irving was raced to the hospital with a bruised lung. And, yes, the the Browns blew a 20-point lead in week two. I have exclusive, Mark, uh, footage or audio (laughs) reel of an official, front office official with the Browns speaking with the football gods. I mean, this is really good stuff. Sure. I hear it only here on the Around the NFL podcast.
0: Can there be a peace between us? Peace.
1: No peace. Oh, oh boy. It rages on. <laughs> this metaphysical clash between Cleveland and uh, the people upstairs.
3: What's going on, Mark? Where's Where's your head at? I know it was a... Um, a, a tough couple days for you, and you floated away on Twitter a couple days this week, and everyone gets it.
1: Yeah, I feel kind of just in a weird place as a human being uh, for multiple reasons. But the Browns situation, <laughs> not really helping. Um, I, I the only thing right now that I think that Browns fans can look at, not the only thing, but it's it the Hugh Jackson. Uh, we've seen so many coaches here that he came out today and he said, if you think that I'm gonna let this make me panic and I'm going to go crazy and set that kind of example for the, for the locker room, you're, forget about it. He's like, I've been here before. I'm not going to get freaked out by injured players. And look, at, that's going to be tested further and further. But I do think that inside the organization, I want to think that they are, there's a resolve to just see, through, see this through, that it's not just blow everything up after this season. And that's the hope. Well he talks a good game, Hugh Jackson.
3: he does now when well,
1: some, some people don't there. buy into but what, you're saying you don't, you're part. Part. you think it might just be all talk
2: or well, this is a guy drafts Cody Kessler and after the draft he says you've got to trust me on this one. Then we watch Carson Wentz have two very impressive games and it looks like Cody Kessler isn't ready to play. I don't know if I trust Hugh Jackson. Well, we're going to see
3: Cody Kessler against the Dolphins on Sunday. And you talk about teams that are desperate. The, the Dolphins lost the heartbreaker to, to Seattle on the road in week one. And then the score doesn't look that way, but they got their doors blown off by the Pats with Garoppolo uh, and Jake Brisket. Uh, <laughs> Jake Brisket, I said. Whenever you get the chance.
1: Ooh, slides me off a piece of that Jake Brisket.
3: So what are you going to do? you got to win if you're Miami. So the Browns are in a tough spot here because whenever you're on the road in week three against an 0-2 team that's not dreadful, which I don't think the Dolphins are dreadful, It's going to that's a tough uh, hill to climb.
1: Well, w- one point I would love Alex Vergola downstairs to just read audio books uh, to me for years on end, <laughs> that voice. Uh, but, yeah, if you're, you talk about – we just talked about another Florida team that had a must-win scenario here in Jacksonville. But if Miami ever – lost a game with Cody <laughs> Kessler who looked terrified during portions of the sideline, uh, you know, when they ph- photographed him on the sideline last week. What is happening to Miami if you can't take oh, care of the Browns? Gloria
3: Stefan. They have to chairs. and they will.
1: Yeah, they, they need to. They're going to be without Arian Foster. Their
4: offense needs to show something this week. You would think that their defense could mostly control Cody Kessler. Pitbull's going to be throwing chairs.
1: That doesn't happen. That, Pitbull, you think he's going to be an upstart problem. in the, in, the, in the press box?
4: Well, he's in the front office of the Dolphins. Who's not in the front? <laughs> I don't think Pitbull is really in there. Oh, really? It's, yes, he he is. just seems like he should be. He He's he was at like, the like an area scout. He's for too them? busy closing out every nationally televised like fireworks show. <laughs> <laughs> Very busy guy. What do the, the Browns
2: are running out of reasons for hope this season? They're they're mowing them down one by one. Corey
1: Coleman to me was reason number 1 and Carl Nassib was reason number 2. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, well, look. At you can say I'm not again. I'm not trying to keep. I'm not making excuses for the Browns, but for the first time in a while, it looks like you drafted two good players. So that's progress. But then they're not on the field. I, the on-field thing this year, here in Cleveland, it's almost not. A, hey, let's look at the win, the the W and L each week. I, you're going to lose a ton of games. I think season. Hugh. That's why I think Hugh is the right guy,
4: because I think this is a different sort of situation where it's almost like a college team that you're trying to rebuild the program and that endless almost, I don't know what the word, naive positivity is your best hope at it getting means, you through the tough times and getting you to the next part.
2: means nothing if you decide that Cody Kessler is the guy you'd rather have instead
1: of Carson Wentz. To Wes's point, they're under a ton of pressure, like we talked about earlier this week, because of every Browns loss, you have also have to, the other side of the coin is Carson Wentz Destroying teams on national television—it does not. It's not a good optical look.
3: All right, let's move on, guys. An NFC East matchup: the Washington Redskins, zero to two. The house is on fire. Um, <laughs> I, you know, Jay Gruden. I don't know if Jay Gruden's gonna have a job at the end of. Whoa, I, I, I get a feeling if things go really hot ugly, butt? there could be yeah a
2: little bit of a hot butt situation. He just took in, them from worst to first last year. I'm, I'm saying anybody that, could have taken any team in the <laughs> NFC East from worst to first last well, year.
4: That, tell that to Tom Coughlin. I'm just saying, his job. You know that ownership Kelly there. Job.
2: That ownership
3: there. You never know. And uh, uh, Jay Gruden had this to say, by the way, because they're you know streets talking about. Uh, Kirk Cousins, of course. Very chatty. Keenan Robinson, a Giants linebacker who spent four years in Washington, said that that's what happens down there. People point fingers. And Jay Gruden said this, uh, we're all competitors. Nobody likes to lose, so there's going to be some grumblings. I can't make 63 guys and 28 coaches happy every day. We're not all going to be smiling, singing happy doula, or whatever the heck that song (laughs) is. I think he meant happy doula,
1: happy do day Zip, zippity-doo-da. zippity doo zippity is probably where he's trying to go. <laughs> that doesn't sound anything like it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what he was saying. I, I think you're right, Dan. You've diagnosed that. I doctor. Googled
2: what he said, and there was no results.
3: Happy Dula, happy day. Another Redskins season going down in flames.
1: Well, we just talked about Hugh Jackson going to take a shot if he's married to the wrong quarterback. This is the coach, and look at he made the right choice about RG3 but he couldn't have been more pro Kirk cousins during Mm -hmm. that's, that was the first, you know, move of his tenure. And now you're tied to that. And I, you know, I'm not sure that that's looking too good. I don't know. He, he kind of buried it. He has his little
4: ways of, yeah, I think this is just what the Gruden's are like. They're, they're going to take shots at their own players. He did it coming out of halftime a little bit about cousins. And that's why some players get tired of playing with, I mean, the Gruden's run through quarterbacks.
3: Yeah. Kind of what they are at the Meadowlands this week against the giants. Uh, now the 0-2 week is always – 0-2 against 2-0 week is always interesting to me, especially in this case where I think the Giants are a lot better than than the Redskins. I think they've shown that. Their defense looks a lot better. But, you know, cosmically, the Giants could lose a game and be okay. The Redskins got some desperation going on. I could absolutely see Washington going up there and getting their first win rather than falling to 0-3. And then both teams are kind of in an okay place. I see that playing
1: out. I have to disagree with you, which, much to Wes's dismay, is why I made – The New York Giants, my lock of the week. Whoa! And that should concern Giants fans.
3: Yeah, why you're that certain that the Redskins are going to start 0-3? Wow.
1: I am that certain that the Giants at home with a better team and some interesting young things happening in their wide receiving core. You know, you basically have two receivers that you didn't have last year along with Odell Beckham. Yes, they're going to win this game. I want to see the Giants play a real defense.
4: They haven't yet. They've probably played the two worst. If you could pick the two worst pass rushing teams in the entire NFL, that's who they've played in back-to-back weeks. And Eli Manning. Here Manning's comes another one. In here, but that's right. the problem. They're not playing a real defense this year. Keep waiting.
2: This week either. Well, let's talk about the Giants' defense because I think they're for real. When I watched Game Rewind, they fly to the ball. They're physical. Landon Collins is— is playing, playing with authority great. in that back. in that back. He's controlling the line of
4: scrimmage from the safety position. I love everything I'm seeing from the Giants. Eli Apple looks like a nice addition. DRC has sneaky been a great free agent pickup for them for a couple years. Now he's on a better defense. What's crazy, uh, Jonathan Casillas, bizarrely, is playing fantastic. He's a defensive guy. What's amazing and should the Giants should be excited about they haven't even rushed the passer very well yet. I would say they've been sub-average in terms of rushing the passer, but they're so tough and their secondary's been so good it hasn't mattered. Jerry Reese is flying again as the I was going to say,
3: Jerry Reese, who's under a lot of fire and did kind of the, what a lot of times is the desperation move is where you throw a ton of money out and try to save your own job and get the team better at the same time. It's working so far, so that will be a fun game to track on Sunday, boys. Let's move on. The final 1 p.m. game: the Arizona Cardinals, who got healthy in Week Two, uh, a blowout victory over—I forgot—who did they kill? The Buccaneers. The Bucks, right? Ooh, sorry, Greg. Didn't mean to bring up bad memories. They're an I can handle now. it. You have like 75 sandwiches uh, tied into that team.
4: I'm all good. You know, you gotta just. You gotta just—you gotta move past. That's what the bad teams do. They let it bother them. The Bucks have moved on. We're gonna own
2: this loss. Move <laughs> yeah. on.
3: Yeah. So the Cardinals now. Oh. Well. <laughs> The Bills' schedule is uh, not easy. Everybody in the AFC has got a bad schedule, but now the Buffalo Bills uh, in, in deep trouble at 0-2 and, and just canned their offensive coordinator for some reason now have to fight off but the Cardinals. Wes, uh, we talked about you know Rex. His teams usually do better when their backs are against the wall. If there was ever a time, 0-3 and, and death if you lose at home, are they going to put up a fight here?
2: I don't know if they are, and I think – what we're going to see is there's a possibility we're going to see whatever the record is for fewest pass attempts by Rex Ryan quarterback in a game hmm. might be coming up. He said that Sammy Watkins is still up in the air. He might not play. It this sounds time. like he's not playing. Hasn't practiced yet. So you're going to have Patrick Peterson erase Robert Woods, and then you're left to throw to Greg Salas? I, I don't know how the Bills are going to move the ball through the air. And they promoted a guy
4: to offensive coordinator, Anthony Lynn, who has a pure running game background. Hmm. And they keep talking – That day where they fired Roman, Rex talked about, I want to let Tyrod show off his skills and his skill set and his special talent.
1: And all I thought is, he wants to run the Tim Tebow offense with the Jets that he always dreamed of. Well, and that works so well. One reason that Rex Ryan hasn't had a winning season in about half a decade. And listen, you have the Patriots coming up after this game. You're looking at 0-4. And then if you ever went to L.A. and lost to the Rams in your 0-5 I don't want to know what that would do to Rex Ryan's tenure in Buffalo. That could be the end. I think you'll get a good effort out of this Bills team this week. I don't doesn't mean I think. How close are we though to some of the grumbling game. that we oh, heard last right. year? I mean, I just it, this feels like this is a locker room that showed last year they couldn't keep it, it together. Feels like
4: it's November that they're firing right. their coordinator and making these panic moves. Greg, they're uh, so undermanned. West, yeah, that
3: too. Would you like the answer? By the way, to the fewest pass attempts. Because it's going to be pretty hard to beat it. Wasn't
2: it that that game two years ago when he wouldn't let Geno Smith yes. throw?
3: Monday Night Football, December first, yeah. two thousand fourteen. Geno Smith, a sixteen thirteen loss, uh, for a four and twelve Jet team. Seven of thirteen for sixty five yards and a pick. Uh, they ran the ball forty nine times for two hundred and seventy seven yards. And law So I mean that would be pretty amazing if he approached that, but
1: I believe, Dan, that we watched that game at a local tavern and had to order an extra pitch or two to deal with that. <laughs> I was in
3: the office actually. I remember that one. That was a rough one to watch.
1: So. you, you ordered I was definitely I, still, by yourself, I was maybe. definitely still at a local tavern. <laughs> you, I don't still know ordered,
2: with me. you still ordered several pitchers. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> where was you at. were, Dan. Waiting for you. You were there.
3: <laughs> uh all right. Anything else to say on that game, boys? boys? Definitely not. The San Francisco 49ers are 1-1, one and one, and now they have to travel to Seattle, uh, who are also 1-1, one and, one. and and usually I would say, oh, this will be a wipeout. But I just haven't seen enough, uh, Mark, from the Seahawks to say that they're just going to easily take care of business until I actually see them easily take care of business.
1: I, You know, uh, maybe it's just what we've seen with Seattle year after year. They, they do start slow occasionally, and I'm not going to press the panic button on this club, this is the team that, in the preseason and throughout, uh, you know, the summer, talked about feeling that they had that same type of Super Bowl feel that they did before. And I, I just think they're a very re- resilient team under Carroll. And you're getting a San Francisco team that will not be able to hang with Seattle on Sunday. Well, their defense,
4: Seattle's defense, looks like the best defense in the league to me. I, I expected right. them to be the best defense in the league going into the season if I had to choose one, and they've given up 19 points in two weeks. and I don't They've f- also played two pretty bad That's offense. fair, but they're playing maybe even even worse one this week. There's no reason for me to believe that Blaine Gabbard and the 49ers offense will get into double digits in terms of points, so I, that's why he can't be too Right, what they about. need to work out is on offense. Yeah, they, well,
2: first of all, they have to realize that Kristen Michael is running a lot better than Thomas Rawls right is he now. Is woke? You need to feed Kristen Michael – and Pete Carroll said this week, he looks like he's shot out of a cannon,
1: something that we said when we saw him in the preseason. If that's the case, saddle him up, ride him. Don't you think that the injured the injuries in that backfield, this is probably the best thing that could happen to Michael because I just feel like he's a flow runner. You gotta give him Work every quarter. You can't pull him out of the lineup and and, and give him half the carries. He's going to thrive in this situation. Not right. only
2: the best thing for Michael, but if they let him play, it will be the best thing for the Seattle Seahawks. And
4: and the best thing for Thomas Rawls to sit out a couple weeks. Right. It's not like we think Thomas Rawls is done as a quality player. Oh, no, I am not ready Thomas right Roll. now. I mean, sure. he was fantastic. And, yeah, why why use him in a game against the 49ers or any game really this early in the season? They're better than that. Amen. Do they need to go out and trade for Joe Thomas? Mm. Well,
1: I I think a trade. Like, like that. A Talk trade a like that, that they, is very they, possible. They've
2: shown no hesitation about giving
4: up first round draft picks yep, that's to help win now, and they yeah, ooh, I like be it. a solid for Joe Thomas I mean, can too. You, they, can you the win Browns the Super Bowl with happened. Gary Gilliam at left tackle? Their tackles Bradley's are trash. Soul or whatever. Well, we
1: saw that line get massacred against the Rams last week. So yeah, that's a tough tough draw. Yes, it is. But you're gonna face teams like that if you want to get in deep into January. It's 49ers
4: team has played. I don't know. I guess the, it's the low expectations thing, but they're playing hard. I mean, you watch the Panthers game. They were competitive in that game. They're, they've they been playing hard for old Chip, chipper.
3: Team and week two playing hard. Well, I expect that. I expect that. That's all.
4: When do, when when do you crazy? think the wheels start going off? Give again. them a lollipop or playing hard in week I'm two? I'm saying it's not the most talented roster, and they're out there. They're flying around. Okay. I would have liked to have seen that from the Jaguars last week. Everyone you know, so they're right, talented. Dan not handing out lollipops.
2: Can't oh. give them a lollipop. They only eat specially designed smoothies. <laughs> well, you t- I love you chi- too, though Wes. Uh, I'm in on the smoothies. Wes
3: is people might be surprised to know that every morning, Wes walks down the street from the office, gets a
2: purple smoothie, protein, s- sucks it down, protein smoothie. It's delicious.
1: It's glorious to be around.
2: <laughs> Moving on,
3: the Los Angeles Rams uh, head to Tampa Bay to face the Bucs. Two one and one teams. And, uh, you know, what am I going to do? Am I going to get excited about this game? I'm not going to. The Rams have nine <laughs> points the entire season. Todd Gurley, the only thing I get excited about on the Rams, uh, can't run because his offensive line can't make holes because they can't pass. And Case Keenum's still involved. Marron, get me away from that. On the <laughs> Bucs side, all right, there's a little bit of excitement, Greg. You got Jameis Winston, and you got some nice playmakers and some guys indeed. But you Week know what? Week two
1: was exciting for you.
3: Week two was uh, grotesque.
4: You're going to have some stinkers, but Jameis Winston has too many of them. If you look at what he did last year, he had about five games where he just absolutely collapsed and gave his team no chance to win. And if you're going to take that next step, like I expect him to do, you're going to have to cut that down to about, okay, you had your one last week, and that's it. And this matchup, to me, is tougher than it, than the matchup against Arizona. It's similar. It's it's not a road game, so that that helps. But this Rams front – seven they're gonna get after Jameis Winston he just has to not turn the ball over and you should be able to beat the Rams well I think Mike Evans is gonna
2: find it a lot easier to operate against the Rams cornerbacks than he did against Patrick Peterson and and that's the matchup because I think Mike Evans is in for a monster year
4: I agree he looks really good so far
3: the weirdest story of the month to me is the Jeff Fisher contract extension that's floating around in the ether uh is it is it too crazy to think that they were kind of crowdsourcing that, uh, checking the court of public opinion? It is certainly uh, not
1: too crazy. No.
3: You know, the, the fact that it's been in the news for a couple of weeks but it has not happened yet just seems
4: kind of weird. They would – bother me that they would need to crowdsource that it. oh absolutely.
3: <laughs> absolutely
4: that sort of thing happens though with coach and gm extensions sometimes they don't get reported for six months or you'll hear that oh john schneider by the way that's the wrong example but there was someone last year where you didn't even know about it for five months and i bet it's done i bet it's agreed to whatever it is they're afraid I, to announce i don't know it. why they don't, won't announce it greg oh, you, it. you know why you know why? Cause they just beat the, the Seattle Seahawks, all well, of our choice, as the number one team in the league.
3: Maybe maybe they're waiting for the Rams to score a touchdown this year.
4: Yeah, that would be
2: good. Because That's by
4: the end of the year, Jeff Fisher will be the losingest coach in NFL history. Mm. Because Tavon Austin was just given a major contract, and how many targets does that he have worse this year? The 21
1: week. targets for 63 yards so far. It's like they're trying to earn that money. I Here's what concerns me about the Bucks this week. You just saw what the Rams did to Seattle's ground game in the first half last week. 14 yards, 14 carries for 14 yards before Michael heated up a little bit in the second half. You don't have Doug Martin. Mm-hmm. And we saw that without Doug Martin last week, that Bucks offense, he is the fundamental core of that offense Although we talk
3: about how they have a a one two punch that's up to anybody. The the number two
1: punch is not the same type
2: of
4: running back as Doug Martin.
2: Right. The number two punch is a passing game guy.
4: Right. We're hearing that Jaquiz Rodgers is going to get a lot of work. I mean, give me a break on Jaquiz Rodgers. As as he, well. couldn't, he couldn't even make the Bears' backfield, which is one of the worst in the NFL. I didn't choose the Bucks because they're a complete roster. I chose them because they're going to be fun to watch and they're going to withstand some adversity, like losing Doug Martin this Sunday. They made the Cardinals fun to watch last week. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> uh, I'm responsible.
3: On the San Diego the Chargers, the Super Chargers, are 1-1, one and, one, and they are traveling now to Indianapolis. Here we are again, a desperation 0-2 team. Uh, the Colts, who absolutely have to win a game in their building. No excuse not to beat the Chargers. I'm sorry, Greg. I know you love the Chargers, what? and I know they're playing great through two weeks despite all these injuries, but the Colts, who we all – none of us picked the Colts to be bad this year. Right? Nobody said the Colts are going to stink. So you got to uh, win didn't this. Say game. they were
4: going to be good. We, I think we. Not one of us picked them to win the division.
2: I think we said they had one of the worst rosters in the NFL. But we love Andrew Luck, and we think he could cover up blemishes. You got to win this game, is what I'm saying. Well,
4: to 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 you and to the no people, to people out there in the <laughs> desert, and the people that think the Chargers are an underdog in this game, give me a break. They're not an underdog. Not only that, they are my lock of the week. Oh, we put a lock on it.
3: Wes, you gotta admit the lock is fun. To me,
4: this this Wes doesn't want to do the lock of the week. It's fun. These two teams aren't even. Come back to us, Wes. I go I go by what I see, and what I see with the Colts, one of the worst talented defenses in the league, and what I see from the Chargers, they're a team that is playing
1: very good football together. I mean, they're fun to watch. You continue to associate San Diego with the desert. I heard that the no, other I, night too. What is going on with, with the, here? the Whoa, 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 it's bro! A, it's a sea-based
4: hey, sh- team. They're an ocean-based team. Shh,
1: sh- talking about. Desert figures.
4: Con- it's where spicy lives. Shh. Okay. A little bit of a loose connection. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it has to be.
2: This is a bad matchup for the Colts. That's
4: what I'm saying. Tough the Chargers are a mm, significantly
2: more talented team. You could take away Woodhead and Keenan Allen. They're still more talented. And their secondary on defense is their strength. Uh, Jason Verrett. Uh, gross. Jason, Greg, that will be it. fine from you. Stop it. Jason Verrett, en route to an all-pro season, he's made the leap to one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL – And the Colts are going to be without Dante Moncrief. They're going to have to lean awfully heavily on T.Y. Hilton and Philip Dorsett. They're pint-sized wide receivers,
4: right? And they have they have no depth after those guys. And oh, by the way, Brandon Flowers playing pretty well. Casey Hayward with a couple picks last week.
1: You want to make flowers today?
4: This is one of the best cornerback groups in the league. And Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon is so much better this year, and he's got some. Maulers in no. front of him. It's the hat trick. Blowing open holes. This is a good offensive line. If imagine if Melvin Gordon played these two games to start his career, what how would we would be talking about oh, him? completely. We different. would be saying like, who's better, Gurley or Gordon? Did they make a mistake? Bryce Rack would be on every episode. Well, the, <laughs> he looks he looks fantastic to me because he
1: can. He can run over people inside, and he's got the the strength to go outside. You often find out what running backs are right away, unlike other positions. You you can get a good read, and so it's kind of jarring to yes. have had him go through his first season and see what he's doing now. He's a big play running back, and it's 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 what they were missing last and, season. And
3: what and as far as Spice goes, who's going to come back on the show if Melvin Gordon, and maybe when Melvin Gordon hits the one thousand yard marker. Danny Woodhead's injury was terrible, but it
4: almost made it a lock if Melvin well, just stays lock healthy. Lock it up. Right. They lost Brandon. All that, that your lock the of the week, Wes? <laughs> my lock of the week. <laughs> 1,000 yards. Gordon, you got to stay healthy, but you're right. Like, they're going to have to figure out. Like, they didn't really use him when they were in shotgun. They're going to have to figure that out. What I mean, because he's not
1: going to leave the field that much. One Ex- quick thing, McCluster
3: I can't believe you guys are so wrong about this, by the way. Well,
1: hold on. We'll Here's what we are right we'll about. I don't think that we've had the, the Colts buried as a team, but not anyone in this room thinks that they've been put together well. Oh, I agree. You're, I, right, it is, you're it, right. I got killed on Twitter for saying that the team had regressed under Ryan Griggs, and that is exactly what they've mm. done. Well, the Colts, the, their recipe. it wouldn't be a shock if they won, and the recipe is Andrew
4: Luck starts playing like – an MVP, exactly. which we thought he might be before last. Give season. him some help though. You you got it. But last week, and he admitted this, he played bad poorly last week. People want to blame it on the teammates. He missed a lot of throws early in the game that were there when he was protected. So he's got to, he's got to light it up for on this lousy roster.
3: Next game. We're going to Arrowhead where my New York jets at one and one face the chiefs also one and one. And, uh, you know, We talked about desert figures. I feel like this game is uh, pretty close to a toss-up. I think the Chiefs, most people will pick the Chiefs to be the favorite here uh, because of the home field. But I don't know. I thought Alex Smith uh, did not look very good last week, and I think the Jets' defense once the Jets – the biggest problem for the Jets so far is they are given up these big chunk plays, and I think that's correctable. I think once Revis figures out what's going on with him, he's not the same guy anymore, but they're going to figure out how to use them the right way. They'll sort those things out. I trust Todd Bowles to do it. That's been the only problem for the Jets for me through two weeks. So I think they're going to be comp- competitive with just about everyone this season, including uh, in Arrowhead in a tough uh, environment.
1: Jets are a good team. The Chiefs last week could not overcome the fact that they turned the ball over three times. You can't do that against the Texans' defense, and you certainly can't do it against the Jets because the Jets' offense, I, you know, I was not on Ryan Fitzpatrick's uh, bandwagon at all last season, but I think he's looked good this year. Well, the he tec-
3: looked good on last Thursday, I'll say that.
1: The Texans are going to make every quarterback they
4: play at home look good. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Alex Smith had a bad game. Uh, Jets, to me, look like a better team than they were a year ago. I think absolutely. I, agree. I think through two weeks they've been one of the best teams in the league. Even though they lost the first game, tough game. I think they a tough game that they dominated and should have won. They well, look, look good, Danny. Don't ever say we don't say something nice about. No, them.
3: I, I appreciate that you guys have noticed because they had. I'm still angry that they blew that week one game because they should be two and zero. Oh, and this is, and as as I said, they have six games that are killer games to start the season. Got to get out of it three and three. And this is a winnable game. I I don't, will not be satisfied by them playing the Chiefs tight. I think they're a playoff team, which means go win this game.
2: Your boy Quincy Anunua is Rick, he good or what? Like He's him. good. What what is he? An H
4: back. I, he no one knows what he What's is. What's Brandon Marshall at this point? Well, he's
2: Brandon gotta, Marshall said this week he's got to get back on the field because if he doesn't, little Quincy will take his job. I I have
4: I have Marshall on my fantasy team. Decide to pick up a as a almost like put them together. If one's gone, the other's they, gonna go crazy.
3: This is how much the the Jets talked Nuno up all through the. Preseason, a lot of times when these things happen with any team that it's not the real deal. But everyone was saying, watch out for this guy. He's going to be a difference maker. They have plays in, a, in an offense that includes Matt Forte, Brandon Marshall, and Eric Decker. They have a lot of p- plays that are built around Quincy no- Nuno. That's how much they believe in him and his ability. And he leads the team in receiving through two weeks. And, so I, and they, I'm
4: not sure this Chiefs defense is, is that tough a matchup right now. It's, it's not last year's they defense haven't rushed, down the stretch. They haven't rushed the passer.
3: And I don't expect Ryan Fitzpatrick to play like he did last week huh. every week because he played He'd like no name. It.
4: He'd be the MVP of the league if he did But, every th-
3: again, the reason why Fitzpatrick could have another good season is because he's got a great match with Chan Gailey, and he's got weapons.
1: He's got guys to play play with and you throw Inouye in there, this this Jets team is gonna score some Dan, points. You, you are right. They they need this though because you've got the Seahawks, the Steelers, the Cardinals, and the Ravens mm. coming up as your next month of action. Yep. They, that,
3: this is a big week this is a big game for the Jets.
1: Guy to
4: watch in this game or the rest of the year. Tyreek Hill of the Chiefs. This guy might be the next great return man in the NFL. He it's is a fun fun to watch.
2: Dante Hall like
3: We'll have to get Keith Hansis on the phone, too, on Sunday and see what he has to say about one of the key games of the season for Gang Green. Moving on, the final uh, 4 p.m. game uh, is a good one. Two undefeated teams. Is this the the, one of only two two 2-0, 2-0 matchups this week? Uh, Pittsburgh at Philadelphia. And here you go, Wes. This is exciting because uh, Carson Wentz has all the looks right now of a quarterback who the Eagles have hit on. But now, now he gets a real challenge. Not that the Steelers are the Steel Curtain anymore or anything like that, but this is a real team where he's going to have to score some points to keep pace. Carson Wentz, big challenge here. Let's see how good this guy really is.
2: This is the litmus test game of the week. Mm. You, you, That's sponsored by anyone? Sounds like a column. The litmus like test this. game of the week. Sponsored, sponsored by, by, by Dr. Scholes, <laughs> Mr. Flames <laughs> chemistry class. Dr. Well, Carson Wentz got to face the Browns and Bears two terrible secondary hey. two bad teams and now <laughs> whoa now they face a team that is being ranked by a lot of people number 1 on power rankings the Pittsburgh Steelers who play, have played pretty good defense uh Kirk Cousins and, and Andy Dalton have posted some empty numbers against them mm-hmm. but they have been tough not only shutting down r- ground games but forcing quarterbacks into mistakes
4: and they've done it without much of a pass rush i i could be wrong i think they have one sack this year as a team. And they're playing Jarvis Jones and James Harrison backing into coverage. They've got they've got their two young rookies in the secondary, both played a lot last week, including their first round pick. It's kind of a, a conservative defense and that's the type of thing that could, could make a rookie make some mistakes. You know, just have a lot of guys in
1: coverage and just force him to be really patient and not force the ball in there. I love this year's Eagles team, which is the exact opposite of what we saw under Chip Kelly, generating points Using, making the most of their opportunities when they get in the red zone too. But their defense, which I like the Eagles' defense, but they have – talk about not facing a test. You've played the Browns' offense before they kind of got on track True. for a few minutes against the Ravens. That was a terrible game. And then last week, the Bears' offense – just a big stink joint. So I'm sorry. I mean, this is a test. You're getting Big Ben. You're getting Antonio yeah. Brown. It, he is going to have, Carson Wentz is going to have to work to keep up the pace in this game. Well, see, those Eagles cornerbacks on paper
4: don't look like they're great players. And this will be a big test for Jim Schwartz, who who's become one of the better coordinators in the league yeah. in, in general.
3: Yeah, he's, uh, he's always been able to do that. And uh, I wish this game was the Sunday night game. Is it too late?
1: If it's can we, we can flex can we just get the flex going anytime yeah. we
3: want? Get wild. Roger, if you're listening to the show, which I don't imagine you are, but if one of your minions are, please let Roger know that we want this to be the Sunday night game and not the next game we're gonna talk about. Actually, you know what I want to ask? Who wins this game? Pittsburgh at Philly, around the horn, Mark Sessler.
1: Going Steelers. Steelers. I'm
4: gonna go Eagles. Why not? Home team. Uh, the NFC East uh, pick. I'll go Eagles, too. We split. All right. Greg loves the link.
3: Sunday night football, ladies and gentlemen, the Chicago Bears at the Dallas Cowboys. And, yeah, the Cowboys, the Bears are 0-2 and a boring 0-2. Somehow have uh, back-to-back primetime games. Uh, but this is a good spot for the Cowboys, Mark Sessler, who uh, one-point lost in week one, and then they eked one out in week two to get uh, get even. And now they get a chance to get to 2-1 and one against a Chicago team that seems like a, a total mess right now.
1: It's a great spot. spot. I think any, any team in the league would want to play the Bears right now. We, we, the Bears right now are a disorganized, identity-free mess. And so, yeah, at home, we're Dallas. We're, I, I want to see Ezekiel Elliott, who essentially was benched last week for a pair of fumbles. This could be the game where Ezekiel Elliott, he wants something to like about Sunday Night Football. We're going to get a good shot to see him chalk up some yardage in this game.
2: You should watch Sunday Night Football. I'm gonna quit my job, walk down Washington Boulevard, and keep walking into the ocean <laughs> if I
1: have to watch well, the sounds, Bears play on national. <laughs> that Heat sounds attractive then. too. I I can't sell this game from a from a Bears angle. How about Dak Prescott
4: in a national the Cowboys game? It almost I wouldn't say he's under the radar because he's the Cowboys quarterback, but a, a rookie fourth round quarterback looking as composed and error free and some fancy looking plays last week against the Redskins. I mean, they got to be pretty. Pretty excited.
3: How about a little fantasy nightmare for people out there regarding the Cowboys offense? A possible running back committee between Ezekiel Elliott and Alfred Morris. Could happen, folks. It's realistic
4: realistic if he struggles early. They're saying that he's rushing his runs, essentially. He's not being patient enough, that he was just kind of running in there, not waiting for the hole to develop. But for all the talk about the Cowboys offensive line, it's like they, they haven't had two good games in particular that's fair dog I mean they, they haven't played pretty well they they start off the game well dictating in both of these weeks which is a good sign for a team run by a rookie quarterback and then it kind of goes away well they do still have the le- best left tackle in football yeah
3: moving He's played well moving on to Monday night football gentlemen a showdown in the NFC South this used to be You know, around 2010, Mark, like our early tenure at NFL.com. This is one of the matchups of the season, at least. uh, And then the playoffs, some great playoff games. In your eyes. Now, what? Atlanta at New Orleans. Talking about
1: a couple of dome teams that, in (laughs) my world, this matchup, this is a Greg Rosenthal special. Take it away, Greg.
3: Okay. All right. Let me try this again. (laughs) I don't. I don't know where that went. But anyway, the Falcons one-one. Matt Ryan, looking like he's in a a full-on rejuvenation season mode right now, uh, travels to the Superdome to face uh, the Saints. What is that? A a wrong statement that Matt Ryan has looked really good through two weeks.
4: Yeah, I don't. I think he's about the same. I thought he looked good last week. I think he had a good game. He's he's a little like Eli Manning right now, where it's he's less fun to watch, but he's more effective. A lot of just. Dink and dunk, short passes.
2: That works. Uh, there was a bomb to Julio Jones. There was a bomb to uh,
1: works, bro yeah they, Austin Hooper. We, they fought to stay in that game.
3: Anyway, so uh, Falcons at Saints, NFC South again, once again, Mark. Those 0-2 teams that aren't necessarily terrible at home. I like them in these types of games where they need to have it, got to have it, and I think they will. I think the Saints
4: take this one. Greg, you disagree? No, I don't, and this is – an emotional game for the Saints. I was wondering, why why is this on Monday Night Football? And In I re- general, what had the schedule no, makers been no, thinking? He, that was a rhetorical question. He's now going to lay it I'm on. I'm going to answer it's Mr. The, King of New Orleans. It's the 10-year anniversary of the return to the Superdome. Of course, the famous Steve Gleason uh, punt return block, so we'll hear a lot about I thought you were going to say the
3: famous that. U2 Green Day pregame
4: duet. That, too. So that's that too seeing. as well. Everyone should see that movie. Gleason, by the way, incredible when it comes out on Amazon. I think mm. it'll be on Amazon Prime fairly soon. This Saints team has not been that bad through two weeks. I mean, they're they're in that middle class of the NFL. They've lost two games by a combined four points. I thought their defense only giving up nine points to the Giants. Yeah, that
1: was that was impressive.
4: Despite losing P.J. Williams, who's played well at cornerback during that game, was a great effort, but. That's all it was. They're going to need great efforts because their their roster's terrible. I mean, they, they lost their top three cornerbacks now off of what wasn't exactly a, a loaded defense. I
2: thought you can put David Johnson in his own tier right now among running backs with Adrian Peterson injured and Le'Veon Bell suspended. Devontae Freeman was the second most impressive running back I saw mm. last week. Wow. He looked excellent against the Raiders. Quick, decisive, hitting the holes hard. Uh, they need to quit jerking around. I, I know Tevin Coleman has strengths of his own
4: and he's playing well, but you gotta let Devonte Freeman feed that hot hand. This, I feel like these two teams who are rivals when they play each other, it's a I don't know if it's a litmus, but it it kind of gives you an indication where these two seasons are going. And Atlanta would love nothing more than to get a road division win, especially after they dropped one at home against the Bucks and bury their rival Saints 0 and 3. This would tell you a little something about Atlanta if they can go into
1: the into New Orleans in
4: a tough in this tough spot and take take uh, this.
1: Game. I hate to keep sounding negative about this matchup, but I don't trust either one of these teams.
2: Well, don't you trust both to score 30 points? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what I that's mean, that's, that's Saints football. Give Super up 30, 30 points, score 30 points. It's Falcons football, too, because they absolutely cannot rush the pass.
4: Yeah, they for the 18th year in a row. Right. right. Dan Quinn hasn't turned that
2: Go around. Go sign
1: OCU Manure again, please. And as
4: excited as I was about the Saints offense going into the year, <laughs> you're so pissed off about this
1: game. I, I, this is the opposite of what I want to see on Monday Night Football.
4: What do you mean? It's not the best it's a, it's game. It's in a dome. It's better than the Sunday <laughs> it, night game. It, this, week. this matchup helped provide uh, one of the great moments in Monday Night Football history. So you're gonna you're gonna honor that <laughs> in that your opinion. <laughs> Please, all right. Give me a break. Okay, guys. Just uh, just no more throws to Brandon Coleman or. Uh, Willie Kobe, Fleener in key spots. You're only as good as your worst key guys, and those two guys are killing the Saints offense. Willie Sneed didn't practice on Thursday. That's something to watch.
3: That's hmm. bad. And uh, also, this is a big week. You want something to look forward to, Mark? Big night for Sean McDonough. Shaky week two.
1: Yeah, that angle That Mike angle Tirico. interests me because it is someone that is under a lot of pressure. Mike Tarico, you know, left that gig. I think the four of us just love the guy, and Sean McDonough, you're on the hot seat. Three. I think Sean McDonough is, good. he comes from a, all right, Wes. Sean McDonough comes from a broadcasting family. You know, he's going to get it done. I think you're going to give him time. I love he's Sean. He's going to improve. McDonough. Sean McDonough's hey, Rico wasn't Rico two weeks in. Hey, take Mc- that
2: silver spoon out of your mouth and call the game nice. I don't think it's a silver spoon scenario. You're underselling that family. That's Literally sports royalty. 25 yes, it years. It is. <laughs> His <laughs> brother's in a football, f- one brother's in a football front office, the other brother's a GM of the Suns. Yeah. That's a football fan. Rooting He's, for Sean. Greg, let
3: me just clarify. Sean McDonough is an accomplished broadcaster. He's been around forever. I'm just saying I've noticed a difference in the quality between Mike and Sean. But but you, would you, a Tarico about, guy. you would have
4: said that about anyone.
3: Maybe, maybe You've not. You've got a poster of Tariko above your bed. <laughs> it's <laughs> actually a shrine in my closet. It's like, honey, we can't use this closet for anything else anymore.
1: <laughs> She's like so excited about this entire marriage. She's like, who?
3: <laughs> Mike Tariko, broadcaster bro get on board Emily all right uh, that's it for the love
2: to see you call your pregnant wife bro
3: (laughs) good thing she doesn't listen Uh, that is the week three preview next time you hear from us uh, it will be our flagship show Uh, let's try to make it three weeks in a row again week two our highest downloaded show ever spread the word make this podcast so big that the shadowy league figures are ashamed of themselves
4: rate us on iTunes leave comments that's helped us jack up in the rankings. Make them feel shame.
1: I'd like to thank the, the NFL, our, our employers, for this room during the show has been about 114 degrees. <laughs> They're trying <laughs> to smoke us out happening? of here. This is a human experiment. End it. And
3: we are also, we're speaking of experimenting, uh, Periscope. We will once again Periscope the Sunday night show live. So look for that right around kickoff of the Sunday night football game. That will be live. Uh, we'll do the first uh, 45, 50 minutes hour of the show. Thank you, everyone. Everyone, uh, uh, But until until Sunday night. Keep rolling, guys. This is Dan is signing off for The Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss, and La Cid behind the glass. Tell Sunday.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired.